Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss videos, games, movies, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, we do have TFG1 Mike joining us again, and we have Eva, and we are going to talk about, well, I'm doing this under duress. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we are going to be talking about... Uh, the, you know, we could easily just kick you off your own show, and she and yeah, I can right. just discuss this. <laughs> We're talking about the Golden Girls. <laughs> I stand behind what I said off air. Okay, <laughs> uh, so, for those who don't know, the Golden Girls is a sitcom, American sitcom, uh, created by Susan Harris, that originally aired on NBC from September of 1985 to May of 1992. Uh, we had basically four women that kind of lived together. We had B. Arthur, Betty White, Rue McClanahan, and Estelle Getty, all playing as friends. And in the case of Estelle Getty and B. Arthur, it was uh, mother and daughter. Uh, show kind of centers on these women sharing a home in Miami, Florida. I was produced by Witt Thomas Harris Productions, in addition, uh, association with Touchstone Television. And Paul Younger Witt, Tony Thomas and Harris served as the original executive producers. Uh, show actually did get quite a bit of critical acclaim. Uh, they won. I, I want to say that every one of them won Emmys for this show. I believe so. Yes. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, well, they, they won the primetime Emmy award for outstanding comedy series twice. Uh, it won three golden globe awards for best television series. And, oh, yes, all four stars did receive an Emmy Award throughout the series, making it one of only three sitcoms in the awards history to achieve this feat. All the time. So. Very cool. Yeah. So what were your guys' takes on it? Obviously, I mean, I, I have memories of it. I will be honest that it's been a while since I've seen one. I know that for a while it was running on Lifetime, and I was kind of like, oh, okay. And mm -hmm. that's the last I remember of it. <laughs> It might still be actually. I haven't watched it because I, you know, I have them all on DVD. I think it is. I don't actually. Yeah. I don't watch Lifetime unless it's. Some, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> un, unless it's some movie that interests. Like I've seen a lot of the Lifetime movies. Like um, was it? Yeah, Dean Cain was the Peter the the Scott Peterson guy in that oh, yes. oh. TV yeah. thing and. Uh, what's his name? Uh, number two from Austin Powers, uh, Rob Lowe. He was one of those in one of those movies on Lifetime. Yeah. But... Mm -hmm. I think he I... played the other killer, uh, Drew Peterson. I want to say. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that, that that's what it is. Yeah. I don't I don't watch Lifetime either because it's just it's all about like shows where they you know women are the you know. They're either the victims or they're empowering yes. them. Yes, exactly. And it's just kind of like, uh -huh, okay, no. But I will say, I'm going to say this proudly. It's one of my favorite shows ever. I grew up on this show. I lived with my grandmother for many years. She raised me. And my grandmother loved this show, and she was always tuned in. So whether or not I really, you know, it, it didn't matter if I didn't like it. I was forced to watch it because my grandmother watched it. But, we, you know, we would sit and just watch the episodes and just crack up and it was one of the things that I remember fondly about my grandmother was we would sit and watch this show and 
I guess if it came out in 85, I guess we were, what, eight when it came out? And I remember watching it even from the very first season. So this is something that I grew up on, and I have uh, every single season now, and I've watched every single episode multiple times. Um, and it's definitely, I, I'd have to say, in my top five of my very favorite shows ever. So I love it. You know, I, I had some memories of it. I mean, I, I remember, what I remember is that I remember Blanche being completely man-hungry. Yes. Uh, I remember that Dorothy had, what was his name, Sal? Or was mm-hmm. that? Uh, that was uh, Sophie. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, anyway, she had she was divorced from her husband, and her husband kept showing up throughout the series. Oh, Stan. Stan. Stan, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, as you can tell, I'm trying to do this all off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh uh, Rose had, um, uh, she was from St. Olaf and I know that she was like a widower or a, a widow. And then we had, uh, Estelle Getty who played as Dorothy's mom, uh, Sophia Petrillo. And she was just, she was there because I remember what was it? Shady Palms or something like that. The, the retirement, Pines, home, uh-huh. the retirement mm-hmm. home where she was burned down somehow. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering yep. if that was her burning it down. <laughs> they actually had an episode about that where they suspected that she had done it, um, making making s'mores on a hot plate or something like that. So for the longest time that she, you know, throughout the entire episode, she was thinking that she was responsible for it, and then it came out that it was faulty wiring. But yeah, they did touch upon that. That you know, being you know the way she is, is it possible that she actually caused the fire? But it wasn't. Yeah, because I, I remember that like she would always talk about. Um being Sicilian and how they were like, she'd always have these Sicilian stories that she would tell. Mm-hmm. Oh, once in Sicily, we knew this guy here, you know, Sam, the Sam, the fish or something like that. Yes. And they were always like, a lot of them were really off the wall, but they always had a very valid point. So it was just one of those things that, you know, they would listen to Sophia and go, what the heck is she getting at? But every single story she had, had a moral, had a, you know, a lesson and had a point. So it was kind of cute. The mother hen to all of them. Yeah. 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 Rose was married to Charlie. Charlie mm-hmm. was her. That's right. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Eva. I remember this watching it with my grandmother. It's, it's kind of like a, it's going to be cross generational here, but it's, it's kind of like, well, I remember watching this with my grandmother and I remember her constantly bitching about judge Judy in later years. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> It's like judge, and really, honestly, if they were going to do an updated version of of the Golden Girls about I don't know, twenty years ago now, mm-hmm. in 1994, 1995, I could see Judge Judy playing an updated version of Blanche. Oh <laughs> hell yes! <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I think it'd be cool to have Betty White, considering you know she's ninety something and she's yeah. still alive. It'd be kind of yeah. cool. It's <laughs> just. I would say the last four years, she's just come out of the woodwork. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, she's been around. She, I mean, oh, yeah. since the Golden Girls, she's done many, many, many things. But it's like since 2010 and maybe even 2008, 2009, she's exploded onto the scene and doing a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I know. Oh, totally. uh, I love that Snickers commercial. Wasn't it the Super Bowl? <laughs> the Super Bowl yeah. so hilarious. Oh, and I saw like a behind the scenes making of that commercial and she was talking about how they actually they, – she didn't use a stunt double. That was actually her. Oh. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, this 90-year-old woman, you know. Well, but I love her. I love, love her. 
Yeah, she's got some stuff in her background too. I I found this out. I was I was reading uh, a blog the other day, and I want to say it was Gizmodo. Uh, mm-hmm. Could have been could have been something like IO9 as well. But they were talking about how Betty White did topless photos when she was younger. Uh, I Damn. was like, yeah. And when I saw the pictures, I was oh. like, "Damn, she looks pretty good." You know, you actually saw the pictures. Yeah, wow. I saw the pictures. I was kind of like, you know, I mean, it, it was not titillating at all. I'll be honest. At least yeah. not to me. It was, you know, it was a black and white photo that I saw, and I was kind of like, "Holy shit, that's the same woman!" Wow. And I mean, you realize, but you can see it because you can see her face in there, and yeah. she still looks damn good. I mean, you know, wow. she's not, you know, hey, I, I'm not going to go out for the old grannies type of thing, but no, but she know. was a beautiful woman. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's you figure she's 90 years old, and assuming she did this in her 20s or 30s, those are really old pictures, and that's yeah. kind of. You know, gosh, that's that's crazy that that's kind of been unearthed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then again, I mean, because she has exploded on the scene, I'm surprised. You know, there's people that when that happens, you know, all all this sort of, you know, skeletons in the closet and a lot of things kind of come up, you know, all of a sudden when people kind of explode onto the scene. So I'm not oh, yeah. surprised that it's out there. But, yeah, she she's awesome. She's done so much stuff. And. You know, well, she still keeps kicking, and people ask her, "Why don't you retire?" She's like, "I don't want to. I want to work until the day I die." You yeah. know, well, very cool. Very I know respect. that my wife has been watching her new show that NBC's been doing, Off Their Rockers, which it's okay. It's just it's like candid camera with old farts. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. There's another one she's on now called Hot in Cleveland, and I've seen a few, and it's pretty freaking funny. Oh, um, yeah, I, I saw the first couple of episodes of that. Uh, I want to say like the first season of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I was I was more interested in seeing how Valerie Bertinelli looked. Yeah. And, you know, for, her, for that to come around and see Betty White playing this role of, you know, basically the person who's renting it out, renting out the house to them. Mm-hmm. And there were comments that she makes in that show where it, it's just like even some of the behind the scenes stuff, you just can't help but laugh because you realize she does it so damn well. She does. You know, she does. She's complete- a natural. Yeah, complete deadpan delivery. And she's talking about doing things like, oh, yeah. And they're going, everybody's going, what's that smell? Oh, <laughs> shit. I guess you guys found out about my weed stash. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's going well, on with that stuff. And it's like, and they look oh at her and she God. goes, what? I have emphysema. <laughs> <laughs> she is hilarious. And I, I love that work ethic. And I love that she's still around. You know, it's kind of nice to see that, that she's. You know, I'm I'm sad about the other characters, the other actresses that have passed on because I love them all and I've seen them and so and you know individually in their own other shows. I believe was it uh, B. Arthur and um, Rue McClanahan? Didn't they play in another sitcom like in the '70s? I want to uh, say. Well, B. Arthur was Maud. Yeah, B. Uh-huh. Arthur was Maud. Uh, yeah. Rue McClanahan and. Rue McClanahan and Betty White actually showed up on Mama's Family in the first couple seasons. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I remember that. And uh, let me see. I thought I had stuff about Estelle Getty. Uh, mm-hmm. She played uh, Vivian Harmon on Maud. Did she? McClanahan okay. did, yeah. Yeah, okay, yes. And actually, if I remember correctly... I don't know if that was the show or if there was another show that had Rue McClanahan and Betty White. I don't know. Well, I, I know that both of them were on Mama's Family with Vicki Lawrence. Maybe that's what I'm thinking uh, of. They were playing like, they were playing like, um, uh, 
mama's daughters or something like that or cousins or something. I forget what it was because I I didn't really ever see those early episodes with them. No, no. I just think it's neat, though, that they came to the Golden Girls and had already had experience working together. So I think that kind of helped the dynamic because you can kind of tell even from the very first episode of the very first season. Like, you know, I I mean, obviously, Maude and Mama's family and all that, those were, you know, before our generation. But you could kind of tell even seeing the very first episode, like, wow, they're very comfortable with each other. They have a dynamic. They, they really, they're all spot on with their lines. It just, it flowed seamlessly and it was hilarious from the very first episode. So it's kind of neat that they have that background of working in other shows together before. Well, I found out something kind of interesting in doing a little bit of research for this is that Betty White, according to Betty White, she and B Arthur really did not get along during the entire show. Nope. They were at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not exactly sure why, but that, yeah, I, I even when I was watching it as a teenager, I remember seeing an interview or something and they just trashed one another and it was like, whoa, what's going on here? So I don't know if it was yeah. jealousy, what, you know, there was never really any reason for it that was, you know, explained, but you wouldn't know it to look at the show. Yeah. I don't know it at all. Utmost professionals, you wouldn't know. Well, one thing I do have to bring up, because this is my geek side coming out, mm-hmm. my big thing that I remember from B. Arthur was she was in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, she was. No. Oh. I never saw that. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want to ever see that. Oh, yes. It's yes. Is it bad? It's oh, very God. bad. Uh, the, the, the entire thing. I'm sorry to cut no, you off. Dog. Go ahead, the Mike. entire thing. No one can understand this audio. At all, because the entire thing is done in Wookiee speak. Yeah. It's oh, not God. in English at all. Oh, no. <laughs> so what part did B. Arthur play in this amongst <laughs> Oh, no. She actually sings opera at one point. No shit. Yeah, she sang in a couple episodes, and it was like she, has a, you know, she had a pretty decent voice. It was kind of surprising. I don't know if that was part of her background. Maybe she did you know, singing before she became an actress, but she wasn't bad. She sang opera. She sang (laughs) opera in the Star Wars holiday special. That, and then I want to say that it was either at the Emmys or like a comedy awards or something. Uh, She and Jaleel White did, they stood up there on stage and did the Urkel, do the Urkel. And she's there Mm. rapping for do the Urkel. And it was awful. Oh my God. <laughs> I give her props for, uh, for going outside of her comfort zone there, but oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, no. And those are the big things that I remember. I mean, I, I will admit I have seen the holiday special. The main reason is just because I'm a star Wars geek. I had uh-huh. to see it. It's bad. Uh, oh. I will say that it is a little bit better. If you watch the riff tracks version of the holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, for those of you who don't know what Riff Tracks is, Riff Tracks contains all the same guys from the original Mystery Science Theater 3000. So kind of they're sitting around making fun of the show, and it's just – it's hilarious to, to see. <laughs> so, I mean, that was that was worth watching there for that. I mean, that was – I don't really care for B. Arthur. I mean, she was kind of my – I'm going to say this because my sister got a haircut in high school. Mm-hmm. And – I looked at her, and she had this poofy hair for her senior picture. And all I could think was, oh, "Oh, shit, she looks just like B. Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it's seriously, she had these big glasses. She had the same uh-huh. jawline, the same hairstyle. And that was all I could think was, oh, my God. The Arthur. I will say out of the four, I'd have to say just based on kind of getting a sense of who they are, you know, not to typecast them, but I've seen interviews with all of them. And I'd have to say out of the four, the Arthur's probably the one I didn't like. You know, I liked the least. Yeah. Uh, Personality-wise, she seemed a little abrasive. Um, just like she's one of the worst they're... straight women in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't, I don't mean to say that. Oh my God, she was gay. I mean, I didn't want to say straight man because obviously she's not a man. But right. she yeah. is that straight character in Golden Girls, and yeah. it's it's funny. But the other three are funnier than she is. Like yeah. she was, she was more funnier, more funny in Maud. When she was running the show, her like her to me in Golden Girls, she's like the fourth chair. The other three really take the cake. Yeah, take the cake. I think I remember reading something about that too. That they did not want to have the same kind of. They didn't want to be typecast, so they deliberately right. kind of like switched their roles around. I think um, I want to say that Rue was going to be um, Rose. Yes. If I, I can't I can't remember. Yeah, they were they actually discussed it and said, you know what, these characters are so similar to our other characters we've played. We don't want to do this. We don't want to be typecast. Let's switch. And you know, that it worked. I mean, they all did an excellent job. But I'd have to say, um, B. Arthur, ne- never having seen Maud, um, I do remember hearing that, yeah, that was a pretty funny show and she was the main character and you know, she was pretty funny. And in this one she was in Golden Girls. It was very sarcastic humor. Oh yeah, she had um, her moments, but it yeah. was more the she was more the level-headed kind of voice of reason. Yeah, yeah. The, the leader yeah. of everybody, the one that kind of you know ran the show. But she was you know no nonsense, and but and you know she did have some funny one-liners, and and it was all very sarcastic. Um, but yeah, definitely Sophia, and I mean all of them brought something funny to the table um, in a different you know unique way. Um, but I have to say, out of the four of them, Sophia definitely was the one that had the best lines, in my opinion. Yeah, um, Sophia is awesome. She was awesome. She, she had no just... filter, and it just everything that just came out. And even like watching it, I watched uh, several episodes just to prepare for this, just to kind of refresh. And I'm watching this and just cracking up. You know, she, every scene, hi slut. You know, I mean, just the name calling, and I'm <laughs> just like, oh my god, I would be dead if I could go up to my friend and hey slut, how you doing? You know, hey slut puppy. It just and it just rolled so naturally, and I'm just like. God damn, you know, and a lot of the time they were like nitpicking each other and like poking fun at each other and insulting each other. And it was hilarious. And they all made it work. It was like I could never dream of talking to my best friends the way these women talk to each other, <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, um, but it was just so funny and, and the, you know, spot on. It just it worked. Yeah. The, the funniest thing about Sophia is. She's that character spanned five series. Yeah, Golden five. Girls, Golden uh, Palace, yeah, Nurses. She well, she was only in one episode of Nurses, but the character was. I mean, it, it's like John Munch being in, you know, Homicide yeah. Life. You know, yeah. Uh, in, in Empty Nest, she was the main cast, season six and seven for fifty-two episodes in Empty Nest. That's so, right, because that was a spinoff. That's yep. right. That was a spinoff. That's right. Well, Sophia has had a that that character had a very rich history. Well, don't forget ah. she was also on Blossom too. She showed up there. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
I was just going to say that. So, wasn't, yeah, I knew there was another one that she had been on. That is so cool. And I don't know where the other ones was Rose and Blanche with them on Empty Nest. and Or was it just Sophia? Uh, I, don't I know, know that they were on with her on Golden Palace, but I don't know yeah. about Empty Nest. I watched maybe one or two episodes of Golden Palace, and I wanted to like it. I yeah. wanted so it just, without Dorothy there, and as much as I didn't really care for the character, it it wasn't the same. Yeah. And it, uh, it just... Uh. She was kind of the glue that held everything together, I guess. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, think, I think she was the one who decided she wanted out, and that's why the series ended. And that's, you know... Yeah. It, it was... It, I think it was at the top of its game, and she was just tired of doing it. And she's like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. So they ended the show, and I'm just like... Why didn't they bring somebody else in? Maybe they figured it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It would have been it's a dick switch help. type of thing. Uh, it, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring back to the old episodes of Bewitched when they switched out uh, Dick Sargent <laughs> and Dick York. And Dick so. York, yes, yes. And I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, that's something I've thought about too, is like she does seem, B. Arthur does seem, like, just like her character in Golden Girls, she does seem kind of like no-nonsense, aggressive. I don't want to say bitchy, but just yeah. very, um, you know, to be able to negotiate that. I want out of the show. And then to have it just end because yeah. she wanted out. It was like, whoa, okay. Well, the, go ahead, Mike. Well, the only other things that I have seen, and I didn't even realize this until I watched it recently. Um, the only other things I've seen still get in was – Mannequin in in eighty seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she yep. played Mrs. Clara right. Timken, mm-hmm. and of course, one of the best films of nineteen ninety two. Stop or my mom oh. will shoot. I never saw that. She was in. You, that. Oh, oh, you, oh, you don't God. know it. if you if you love Sophia, you will love Mrs. Tootie oh, Bonowski. Yes, it's oh, the same kind of comedy, and it's freaking Man. awesome. Sly oh, Stallone God. is in it. It's just it's like oh my God. Oh, I have to watch that. Oh, that's hilarious. She, I, this is mom? a spoiler, but she gets up at like three o'clock in the morning and starts vacuuming, and he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so she played his mom. Yeah. Oh, I gotta see that. The only other movie I can think of that she was in was she played. Do you guys remember that movie Mask about that kid? Yep. Yes. With, uh, she Cher played, and Eric Stoltz. And, yes, she mm-hmm. played Cher's mom in that. That's the only other thing I can think of besides Golden Girls that I've seen her in. Um, but yeah, she's oh, she was brilliant, brilliant she comedy. Was in Tootsie as well. Tootsie. Yeah, with yep. uh, Justin oh. Hoffman. Yes. Oh my God. It's been years. Oh my goodness. So she's, <laughs> yeah, she's done a lot too. They've all been, they were, they were all around for, you know, very, very long time and, um, definitely knew their stuff when they came into this and you could tell they were veteran actresses and well, I, it just, I, I want to bring up one thing about the series finale because while I didn't see it, I remember seeing the commercials for it. Uh-huh. And it was something that I kind of flipped out over. They have Dorothy marrying off. They they marry uh, her off to uh, Blanche's uncle. Yes, Leslie Nielsen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all I could think when I saw it is she's marrying Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Drebin. <laughs> <laughs> that was yep. all I could think. I never saw yep. it. I was like, 
okay, was he funny? I, I have no idea. <laughs> in the, I will say in Golden Girls, his character was very, I want, yeah, jovial. Um, he wasn't like ha ha funny, but he, um, he was kind of opposite of Dorothy and it was kind of nice. And I, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but yeah, he, he had a few funny one-liners, but definitely not that character. You know, it was, yeah. uh, it was an interesting pairing that they, and I don't know if maybe she had a hand in choosing him, you know, seeing how controlling she seemed to be behind the scenes. Um, but it, it was, yeah, it was an interesting send off and end of the show. And, um, you know, they didn't end with her dying or something like that. They, you know, they wanted to yeah. make it a happy thing. So, but yeah. Well, there were, there were several things about the show that I, I know I remember, uh, obviously the, 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 you know, I didn't really watch it all that much, but I do remember Rose going off and like, she always had a story about St. Olaf. Yes. Yes. And one of the few things stuck in my head about this show she had family or somebody who came from St. Olaf to give her some sort of award for saving all for like uh, saving the books from the library or something. And apparently I guess there was uh -huh. only like two books in the entire library. And one of them was a coloring book. The other one was a Dr. Seuss book, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and these people come and they come to Florida in the middle of a heat wave and yes. she makes them all hot chocolate. Uh-huh. And they're, like, dressed in, like, scarves and, like, you know, winter coats yeah. and boots and all that. They're like, what the hell? Oh, yes. And, and I mean, I remember, like, everybody in St. Olaf apparently was really stupid. And that was all the stories yes. I could remember. And it was kind of like, okay. Yeah, she but... was very – she wasn't stupid, though. That was the funny thing is that as you watch the show, you see how naive she is and, and how innocent she is and how literal she is. She doesn't understand um, – you know, just tongue in cheek humor. She doesn't understand euphemisms. It's all very literal. Um, but she was very wise. It was just, it can't, it, you'd had to like unearth the wiseness, but she was not stupid, but it was interesting because yeah, the way that St. Olaf was portrayed, it was like a bunch of idiots, but, and they even called her idiot. And I'm just like, she's not an idiot. Not at all. She's just very naive. You know? Mm -hmm. I felt kind of bad for her in the in the show. Like, stop calling her an idiot. She wasn't at all. Um, but I believe there actually is a real Saint Olaf. I could be wrong. Um, but again, I don't. You know, I, I seriously doubt all the people. If there is a real Saint Olaf, I really doubt that everybody's as dumb as they made it out to be. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think what it is too is like there. Um, you've seen that movie, uh, Grumpy Old Men. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, that takes place in Minnesota too. And I guess this is just my guess. Um, maybe people in Minnesota are kind of, maybe it's a stereotype that they're just not sophisticated. Maybe they're just not up to par, um, intelligence wise, not necessarily stupid, but maybe it's, maybe there's some sort of stereotype that I'm not aware of. Well, you get stuck yeah. in the snow for six, eight months out of the year. Yeah. And all you have to do is drink and ride snowmobiles. True that. Yeah, exactly. Ice fish. Yes. Ice fish. <laughs> yeah, it's very, a very simple existence. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of where that comes from. Because even in Grumpy Old Men, there was kind of the, you know, this, the new lady coming into town from California. And she's so glamorous and all this. And they're just kind of like, huh? We don't get it. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, it just I loved all of the characters and they were all so different, but they were all funny in their own way and just endearing in their own way. Well, 
the few things that I remember about Blanche was just that she was always talking about having sex, and it was kind of like, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of looked at her and I was like, mm, okay, I guess. I, I never really saw her as like, you know, being the hot one, I guess. But. No, no, and it's so funny too because I remember talking to my grandma about that. My grandma's like, she's a pretty woman, but she's not, you know, drop dead gorgeous beauty. You know, it's yeah. I, th- I found that interesting too. Just. Yeah. Like, okay, she's so stuck on herself, but why? (laughs) Well, I am going to bring one thing up, a bit of trivia that I found out, in that they ate over 100 different cheesecakes on the show. Uh 100 cheesecakes during the show's seven-year run, and B. Arthur hated cheesecake. Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, that poor woman. (laughs) Yes, but one of the things about this that kind of ties in with Blanche, I remember one of the few scenes is that... You know, she goes, oh, wait, she goes, we need whipped cream for this cheesecake. Rose says uh, that. And Blanche says, oh, I have some in my bedroom on the nightstand. And, and <laughs> you know, Rose goes to go get it and be, be Arthur's character is like, no, stop. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene. It was hilarious. It was either something about sex um, or about just herself in general. And and but see, when it really counted there was a, like I just watched an episode tonight from the last season where Rose needed a triple bypass she had a heart attack and you know you could see um, Blanche there praying to God and crying and you know God why am I always so focused on me it's always about me and I you know I'm so sick of this I need to give myself to other people and you actually saw a different side of Blanche that was like wow okay she's not all self-centered and she really pulls through when she's needed and when something really serious is going on, they all band together. But for the most part, yeah, she's very self-centered, self-focused and a slut. You know, just, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I should have done and I've never done it is I should go through every single episode and count how many men just, just for shits and giggles. If I have nothing else to do, which probably won't happen because I'm very busy, but I'm curious how many men she went through in that seven year run, just out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. Because it seemed like every it episode. It was way more than was... 37. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it, I think every single episode there was a different man. So, <laughs> yeah, very uh... busy. <clears throat> I know that there were things that, like, I remember seeing where, you know, they'd, they'd walk in on Blanche and she'd have somebody in the bed with them. But it was always a surprise whenever you'd see them walk in on Rose or walk in on Estelle Getty, uh, yeah. you know, walk in on yeah. Sophia. And they had been in the bed and it was kind of like, um, oh, okay, I really didn't need to know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, I don't think, well, Sophia did get action maybe a couple of times, but... And Rose, too. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah. I mean, I'd say the other three characters, Blanche, they had a typical, you know, typical sexual experiences, whatever. But Blanche was just so over the top. It was just like, oh, my Lord, going to bars and meeting men at the gas station, the library, everywhere she went, the DMV. It was just like, God damn. You know? Yep. <laughs> wow. But it just, yeah, they were all just great I've together. Seen the I DMV, think. and all I can think of is Patty and Selma. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <sighs> yes, I, yeah, I love this show. Well, some of the things that I did pick up, some of the trivia. Uh, 
with the house that you saw in the credits, in the opening credits, where they did a flyover, that mm-hmm. house was originally built, it was originally in uh, Southern California, and they filmed it out here. Oh, uh-huh. And then later on, they, with M- with Disney's MGM Studios, when they built up uh, Walt Disney World, and they, they opened up the MGM Studios down there, they actually uh, built that house on one of the, the backlot sets for people oh, to go and wow. see. And so from that point on, then it was supposed to be filmed down there. Uh-huh. Uh, to be honest, though, they actually tore the house down uh, after MGM pulled out of Disney and it went to the Disney's Hollywood Studios. And they basically trashed the back lot. The house was actually on the same area right now where the Lights, Camera, Action stunt show is being run. Oh, wow. So, That's so cool. <clears throat> uh, one of those little things that I picked up here. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was actually filmed in Miami, so that's interesting. Nope, nope. I mean, they they did have scenes. I I remember something about them going to uh, Walt Disney World where they had like they met up because I, I remember Peebo Bryson being on an episode, and the only reason I remember Peebo Bryson being on there was because they had him singing a whole new world. Yes, and it was like yes. right after either right after or right before. Aladdin had come out and this was kind of Disney's push to kind of say, Hey, let's get, you know, some of our singers on there. You know what? That's uh, yeah. And I remember the episode too. uh, Sophia was in a bar and he was playing at the piano at the bar. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. It's, you know, (laughs) I I got a mind like a steel trap rusted shut, but (laughs) (laughs) I remember stupid stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Eva, I know you said you wanted to play the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, so I'm going to let you I pick one of, the, one of the main characters here, and we'll go with that. Okay. Well, it wasn't a main character, but it was somebody who did show up um, several times. Um, let me get my notes here. Okay. Blanche had a brother, and his name was Clayton Hollingsworth, and he was a gay character. Um, and he showed up in several episodes. And the actor's name is Monty Markham. Okay. Well, I am going to cheat a little bit because I don't know what else he's been in. He's I done have... a lot of TV work. A lot of TV okay. work. I think he's done some TV movies. I didn't see anything major as far as movies goes, but he was in uh, several um, television shows. Well, I am going to link him to Rue McClanahan in uh, Golden Girls. And we will go... Wait a second! Yes. <laughs> you can't tell me any other shows he's been in, so I'm going to do that. I can, I can, I can, actually. Okay. Um, he's been in several. I wrote down, should I just give you one, or should I give you the whole list I wrote down? Give me a couple. Okay. Yeah, he has been in Murder, She Wrote, and Baywatch. Okay. Well, if he's been in uh, Murder, She Wrote, we have Angela Lansbury there, mm-hmm. um, who was with... Oh, geez. I'm trying to think because I know she's done she's done quite a bit of Disney stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you're not going to get me because I... I <laughs> Damn it. Uh, well, she was with... Uh, Angela Lansbury was with... Um, oh, God, the, the father in Mary Poppins. And I can't for the life of me remember his name. Yeah, what was his name? Was it David something? Uh, might be. I'd have to look it up and cheat. Okay. But anyway, she was with him in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, okay. 
he was with Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins. Uh, Julie Andrews was with, oh, let me see. Um, God, she's done so much too. Uh, yeah. Gosh, I, I'm trying to think. She was with, well, she was in uh, the Shrek movies with Mike Myers. Um, God, I know that there's a bunch. Is that, I mean, that I'm basically got a lot to run with that now. Mm-hmm. Once I get Julie Andrews, I could do that. I could do um, Eddie Murphy from Shrek. I could do John Lithgow from Shrek. I know. It's there's the longest Kevin <laughs> Bacon game ever. I know. I know. It, it's... I hope I stumped you. No, you have not stumped me. Um, geez. Now I'm trying to think of like what John Lithgow's been in. He was in Ricochet with Denzel, and then Denzel and Bacon have done something together. I know they have. <clears throat> oh, God, now I can't think of what it is. <laughs> Let's just, uh, yeah, call it a wash. All I right. won. No, you haven't won. <laughs> you have not won. You have not won because I know I can do it from Lithgow and I know I can do it from Mike Myers. How did you even get to Lithgow? I'm completely like, Shrek. Yeah, Shrek. Julie Andrews was in Shrek and then so was John Lithgow. Yeah. Okay, so what what jump is that though? Is that number five? No, that was like number four. Uh, You went. David Tomlinson, is that the name of the guy that was in Mary Poppins? Probably. That, That name sounds familiar and I just came up with it off the top of my head so yeah I'm, I'm trying to be honest and not use imdb thank so, you thank you you know <sighs> i'm trying to keep I choose not to play so i can use imdb all at once <laughs> <laughs> if you look up the actor's name in mary poppins i believe his name is david tomlinson i'm curious it's, now just for my own yeah yeah see i mean there, there's a bunch i could do with with any of the main characters because i i know those off top of my head yeah uh like rue mcclanahan i could go uh she was in starship troopers with denise richards uh she was actually the biology teacher when you see them sitting in class uh and denise richards was with kevin bacon in wild things uh estelle getty as you mentioned she was in uh she was with Cher and mask so then you've got Cher. And Jack Nicholson in Witches of Eastwick, and Jack Nicholson to Kevin Bacon in A Few Good Men. Okay. Uh, B. B. Arthur, obviously, as we mentioned, she was in the Star Wars Holiday Special. So you have her to Harrison Ford in the Holiday Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, then you have Harrison Ford to Brad Pitt in The Devil's Own, and Brad Pitt to Kevin Bacon in uh, Sleepers. Oh wow! And then but- uh, Betty White. If you do Betty White. She was in Bringing Down the House with uh, Steve Martin and yeah. Steve uh, Martin and Kevin Bacon in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yep. That's, uh-huh. that's two jumps right there. You don't even need any more. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it so. my game, though? Is it, is it no more than six jumps? Right. So, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, if you, if you jump yeah. more. Than, mm-hmm. I don't know. George Banks, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, it's David Tomlinson. Okay. Damn, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back. 
All right, so we're going to skip past all this crap now. (laughs) (laughs) Just admit it. You lost. Uh, You lost. No, I will not admit. I will not admit. I will not submit to it. Give this one to me. Come on. It's only because you're not allowing me to use the same show that we're talking about. (laughs) The rules actually state that I can, so. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I have to look that up. Not that I don't believe you, but. So, (laughs) anyway, a couple of things uh, that I did want to cover here with this show is that Estelle Getty, as we mentioned, that there's there were four women, only one of them is alive now, who's Betty White. Betty White was actually the second oldest person on the show. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, Uh, Rue McClanahan, I think, was the youngest, and then uh, Estelle Getty was the second youngest. Mm-hmm. Yet she played the oldest character on the show, and they said that she yeah. had to spend three hours in makeup every day because oh. she had a facelift done right before it, and she was like, she looked yes. so much younger than the others. Yes. In fact, there were, they always had, on several episodes, they did flashbacks of when Dorothy was a little girl or a teenager, and they had, so, you know, Sophia actually looking herself like she normally looked, and yes flawless face you know it actually come to think of it i didn't know that she had had a facelift but it it makes sense now not a wrinkle on her (laughs) it's just like wow so they had to do the wrinkles and then the wig and then yeah they really i can see three hours of work going into that wow crazy uh now a couple of other things i did find out when the show first aired the queen of england loved it so much she had a command performance for them to perform it on stage for her no kidding. Yes, and she wanted no. them to do a live show, especially for her. And they all uh-huh. said, "Yes, yes, hell yes, we'll do it." <laughs> wow. Now, isn't wasn't B. Arthur? She was British, right? No, she wasn't. I don't I think so. When she was British, there were several words that she she would say that she pronounced them differently than you know. It just it was like in a different accent. So I just assumed she was British, huh? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, let me see. Being that Rue McClanahan's character Blanche was sleeping around all the time, one mm-hmm. of the things that I did find funny was that she was always found asleep in all sorts of different places on the set. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, apparently, I guess I guess that she'd just be working late or something like that, or you know, hey, I'm really tired, and well, she'd pass out in a chair or something. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, oh, the the southern accent that Blanche Devereaux had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not actually scripted for her to have an accent. No. Nope. She decided that she was going to throw it in, and it kind of worked, and they kind of said, it, okay, we'll pull off this whole southern drawl throughout the thing. Yes. She did an excellent job, too. It was like, that's, I don't know if she was originally from the south, but yeah, I found that interesting, too. Oh, and the other thing about this is that Blanche's full name. Blanche Elizabeth Devereaux. Yes. Making her bed. initials bed. <laughs> bed. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Oh. And let's see here. Oh, and, and the last thing I have here is that the writers of the show, they always wanted to give Sophia the raciest lines uh-huh. uh, because they wanted, they said that her character had a stroke earlier in life. Uh-huh. Which kind of made her just kind of blurt things out, you know, sort of like oh, a Tourette syndrome type thing. Absolutely, and it was from the very first episode, you know, just hi sled, how you doing? Hi yeah. dumbass, hi idiot. It just oh, it was hilarious. 
Well, and nobody did it to her. That was what was so funny. Nobody did it to her back, but they just kind of took it and they just took it with a smile. And it was just like well, they she understood. Was, she was an old lady. They were, you know, they were humoring her. Yeah. And they, you know, they respected her and all of that. And they understood that she had a stroke, killed off that part of her brain that, you know, censors herself. So I think that's why they just kind of like laughed it off, you know. So, you know, Rose would walk into her room, hi, idiot. And she'd just kind of hee 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 and walk off. And it was just yeah. like, wow. <laughs> well, I think that's about all that I have here. If you guys have anything else you want to throw in? I do. Okay. Um, one of the things I really liked about this show, and this, again, you know, the mid-80s, um, early 90s, what I really liked about it, and I didn't really catch on to it as a kid, um, I just mainly paid attention to the humor, but watching it again, you know, growing up and as an adult, it really covered a lot of like societal issues um, that I, you know, nowadays it's more in the mainstream now to talk about, you know, gay people and AIDS and um, diseases, you know, teen pregnancy, things like that. But they covered a lot of these issues in different episodes of the show it was always uh, a very special episode of the golden girls <laughs> yes yes there was always you know I, I right off the top of my head um you know uh, blanche's brother was gay um dorothy had a friend from college who was gay um they talked about somebody dying of aids in uh, dorothy's family uh, I, and i think that they said that rose they thought that Rose had AIDS at yes. one time because I remember yes. Sophia yes. didn't want to drink out of one of Rose's cups. Yes, uh, Rose had got had gotten a blood transfusion from a hospital after having surgery, and they thought that she had tainted blood. And was yeah, I mean they covered, you know, teen pregnancy and AIDS and autoimmune disease, and um, you know it just I liked that now you know just like watching it and going wow this was pretty you know for the for the time frame that it aired. You know, it's pretty cool that they mentioned a lot of these issues um, and kind of brought it to the forefront. And <clears throat> look at my notes here. Another thing I really, really liked about it um, there is my notes. I wrote down several. Let's see. Oh, they brought in so many like guest characters and like well-known guest characters. Like just off the top of my head, they brought in like Julio Iglesias, George Clooney, uh, Sonny Bono was in an episode, Alex Trebek, um, Merv Griffin, Burt Reynolds was in an episode. Uh, Dick, Dick, Dick Van Dyke played one of Dorothy's boyfriends, um, Debbie Reynolds. Um, and then of course the characters from empty nest and blossom would come on there. Right. Uh, you know, so, and Oh, and what was the lady's name that played the secretary in Ferris Bueller? What was her name? Oh, Mi Edie uh, McClurg. Yeah, Edie McClurg. Yes, she played She played a nurse of Sophia's when Sophia had fallen and broken her ankle in one episode. She came in and played a nurse and was hilarious. Um, so they brought in so many different guest characters that it was it, it, it kept it going and made it really, really funny. And I also noticed, too, kind of keeping you know in the timeline, watching them in order. Like they brought in Edie McClurg right around the time Ferris Bueller was big. Um, yeah. 1986 time frame, 1987. Um, so I don't know if maybe that was a deliberate thing to kind of promote these people. Um, well, see, but my I thing with, with Edie McClurg is that I always remembered her as, as Mrs. Poole on the Hogan family, or was it yeah. Valerie or something? I forget. One of those yeah. two. Uh-huh. But I just found that really interesting that they did bring in so many different – I mean, throughout each season, there were several guest characters. 
and they were people that were pretty well known too. So I found that kind of interesting. Um, and just overall, just I loved everything about this show, the writing and the acting and the different characters and how, you know, how different they were. And they all worked together and made it work. And there was even, they actually even addressed in a couple of episodes how, you know, they kind of, you know, the tension was getting high and they, you know, like people do that live together, they got into, you know, cat fights and they argued and they bickered and they actually showed, you know, hey, we're, we're hating this. We, we, we want to just throw in the towel. We don't like living together anymore. Reality kind of, you know, everyone's idiosyncrasies and everyone's quirks kind of rubbed off wrong on each other. And they actually, you know, showed them going to counseling and working through it. And it was very realistically portrayed. Four women that are complete opposites, you know, coming together. And it's not always peaches and roses. You know, they actually did have problems, but they worked through them. Um, and it just, yeah, it just, it was a really good show and I can watch it now and crack up at every single, you know, knowing the background of the characters, I, it just makes it so much more funny to me and I can watch it over and over and over again and not get tired of it. So after a while watching it over and over again, though, so we got to get tired of that theme song. I, oh, I love the yes. theme song. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yes. I love I love thank you for being a friend, but <laughs> after a while, after about 10 episodes in a row, yeah, it yeah. gets, it, well, it wears on you. I fast forward through it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, wish that they, I wish that they could like, you know, when they did the DVD, that they just completely eliminated. They maybe did the intro song for a couple of the episodes and then just went right to the episode instead of doing the dying song. Cause it just, yeah, it, it wore. I agree. It wears on you. Well, did you guys see the 90th birthday for uh, Betty White when they actually had her birthday? Mm-hmm. NBC did this whole big spread, and they had like Wendy Malick, and they had all these, you know, all these other cast people that were with her on various shows. Oh and wow! As they come out, and they, you know, they're they're greeting her, and they're going to have her blow out the birthday candles and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start playing that song, and basically for her to walk all the way up there, they had to repeat the song twice. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, and I'm already going. Shut the Sam, shut the damn song <laughs> off! Oh my god, you know, just stop, yeah. stop, just stop it. <laughs> I never saw that they actually made a like a big celebration for her, huh? Yeah, yeah. How neat! How neat! Because she's been in television for God knows Ever. how many years. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, probably oh. since. Well, she's ninety. My God. I'm kind of curious, you know, what the very first thing she got into, if it was, I get, well, depending on when she started acting, I'm kind of curious about that. Well, I know that in the, like, the late 60s, early 70s, uh, she was a really big proponent of, uh, uh, like, animals and helping yes. out with, um, yes. uh, like, the humane societies and such. Uh-huh. Still does. Still does. Yes. Uh, she... She kind of reminds me of being just like Bob Barker and, you know, reminding everybody to spay and neuter your pets. But she was she was kind of, you know, we have these animals out here. Yes, you haven't spayed and neutered your pets. So here, you know, take a look at these animals and see what kind of wonderful animals they are. Please adopt them type thing. Yeah, very heavily involved in that. Um, my understanding is she never had children. Um, I think she had one or two stepchildren from her second marriage. Um, 
but she never actually had children of her own. And so she was talking in an interview once and she said, these animals, animals are my children. I don't have my own biological. I made the choice not to have children. I wanted to focus on my career. Um, And I, I totally respect that. You know, she wanted to be a career woman. She wanted to pursue this dream, but she's in so levels. Those are like her kids. She said, I devote all my time to my acting and to animals and to preserving you know, wildlife. And I think that's really cool. She started in radio in 1939. Radio. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you kids who don't know what radio is, it's a lot like what we're doing now, only it actually was broadcast through the air. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Still broadcast through the air. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. She's been around so long. It just... I'm sad, actually. I remember, I don't remember if it was Rue that died the most recent. Um, I don't remember which one died the most recent, but each time I heard about one of them passing, I actually got sad. It was like, and I don't, you know, I hear about people that die and I was like, oh, that's too bad. You know, but this was one show that was so near and dear to my heart that when each one of them passed away, it was utterly sad. It was just like, oh, great talent, you know. Rude passed away in 2010. That might have been, I want to say that. Arthur was 2009. Uh I want to say Estelle Getty was like 2006, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something. Estelle was 2008. Okay. So they they each died one year apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. 2008, 2009, 2010. Mm Mm-hmm. I was sad with each one. It was like, uh, yeah. and it very rarely happens for me. I got a little sad when Michael Jackson passed away. I got, you know, I, I hear about just different people that, ha- and it's just like, oh, you know, I don't feel a personal connection to a lot of actors, yeah. actresses, musicians, but these were ladies that I, again, I mean, I felt like I grew up with them. So it, yeah. And when Betty White passed away, I bet you there's going to be a, Big hoopla about that. Oh, she's so, yeah. she's oh, so yeah. beloved now. She always has been, but like Mike said, she's just exploded, and it, people just love her. You know? <laughs> yeah, she's experienced that rebirth, and I think a lot of that is due yeah. to uh, TV Land wanting to do you know Hot in Cleveland, and just uh-huh. they, everybody realizes that she's kind of the glue that's holding that show together. Oh, totally. I haven't seen it recently, but I did see several episodes, and it's genuinely funny. And again, just like with Golden Girls, each one of the actresses brings something unique and new to the table, and it, and it makes it work. But yeah, like you said, she's so like off the wall with her character. You just It's almost like Sophia. You just don't know what the heck she's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> just, and it's just hilarious to watch that she's so spot on being 90 years old. You know, it's like she has more energy at 90 than I have at 36. And it's just like, holy crap. <laughs> How does this woman do it? I know my mom used to – she used to comment because my mom loves Betty White. And mm-hmm. she would watch the show and I was just – you know, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. But she said that she would see episodes like you know outtakes afterwards or uh-huh. you know, all these bl- bloopers and blunders type of thing where you would see – Betty White, and she'd be delivering the line, and you would see in the background, Rue McClanahan and B. Arthur would start putting their heads down on the table and just kind of like, okay, and you'd see their body starting to shake. Yeah. And they were just trying yes. to make it look like they were crying because they didn't want to be laughing at that point. 
Uh-huh. In fact, that's actually good that you brought that up because, yeah, there was um, several episodes. I'm thinking of one in particular. I want to say it was the first or second season, but Rose was going on about the St. Olaf story about her uncle or her grandfather and um, Herring. And she's talking about how these herring had like made a circus or something. And that's exactly what happened. You could see B and Rue at the table with her, putting their head, heads down and just shaking uncontrollably. And they were busting. It was genuine. They were laughing their asses off. Oh, yeah. Because I, I guess um, um, Rose had totally, like, from what I understand, Betty had completely, like, ad-libbed it. So they didn't know what the, what the hell was going to ha- you know, come out of her mouth. So she's telling this story about these herring that are going into the circus. And the, the other ladies were just cracking up, and it was genuine. You could see tears in their eyes. They were laughing so hard. Oh, gosh. And, th- and, that, and that happened several times throughout the show. You could see them just trying so hard not to laugh. Or when they did, it just you could see they were, they were genuinely laughing. It was, and that's what I loved about it. They just, they had a, you know, even though... If what we've heard is true about Betty and B not getting along, you really wouldn't know it. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was jealousy or what creative differences or what, but you would not know it. And to me, that's the earmark of a professional. You yes. know, if you can, you know, you can get all, you know, you don't have to like everybody you work with, but if you can make it to where it doesn't look like you, you know, despise that person, that's that's professionalism and they pulled it off so well. Oh yeah. They very much did. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, I can't think of anything. Oh, Oh, I have one more thing. The very last season, which I'm currently watching now. And I noticed this, they didn't have, you know, when they would end, they would have the thank you for being a friend song and they'd roll through the credits. And the very last season, they added like little outtake scenes Mm -hmm. to to the, to the credits. And it was like a little addition to the, uh, the episode. So they would carry it. And so they would actually film an extra scene during the credits. And that was only in the last season, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, kind of makes me want to go see it just because of that. I, I always like yeah. seeing outtakes of shows. Yeah, it uh, wasn't really an outtake. It was more they acted out like a, they took a theme or something that happened from the show. And then they kind of expanded on it. And they made an, like, an additional scene basically, throughout at the end of the credits. Hmm. And they only did that in season seven. And I don't know if maybe that was just something to signify that it was the last season. Um, but, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. I was like, huh, the very last season they add this extra scene to... Yeah. Maybe they were trying to give, you know, throw the writers a bone or something for adding something on there at the end. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, I did notice. I was like, huh. Huh, this is very interesting that they that they did this. Um, hell, for all we know, maybe B. Arthur said, "Hey, I'm going to be going out with a bang. Let's change the show up a little bit, and you know, yeah. make it. I and I want to do this. Who knows? You know." Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of talking about my generation. Uh, so I do want to ask everybody: please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Uh, you can also reach us on our email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. And, Mike, I know you want to talk about GeekCast Radio Network here, so go ahead. Well, since last time I was on the show, there has been some, at least for me, pretty depressing comic news. One of my favorite writers is moving off a title I really love. 
Uh, Kyle Higgins is no longer after issue 30 going to be writing Nightwing. What? I'm, yeah, it just, I'll talk to you about it off air. I don't want to yeah. put a whole pirate on this show, but yeah. Um, after issue 29, Kyle is no longer going to be writing Nightwing. It's going to be a new creative team. So the pull bag, our comic review and discussion show may change drastically come April this year. Uh, we've got coming up, uh, MR Weekly is still going strong. They just released this week's episode, uh, of, they have, uh, general news on there. They do trailer talk. They also do a main attraction this week. It was this past week. It was, uh, Spike Jones's her. Uh, so they talked about that. Um, you can check out Altered Geek Unlimited with Steve and Mike Powers, Steve, Stephen C. Phillips and Mike Powers. Uh, I'm not sure what they're doing this week. Uh, last week they talked CES and, and TVs. Uh, Tales of Eternia, the first ep- first uh, podcast in a series of four for Powers of Grayskull series is coming back in February. Um, we've just got a whole bunch of stuff over at geekcastradio.com. Just go check it out. I've got one thing oh. i got to bring up for you because you mentioned it on Facebook today. <laughs> you were watching Captain N, the Game Master. <laughs> now, the animation is returning as well. Yeah, i, I got to bring that up because that was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And we will probably end up – I would love to do an episode here on that show. Uh, probably We'll probably end up getting to do that maybe in February sometime since we've got other things planned here for the rest of this month. Uh, but if you want to come back and join us for that show, Mike, I would really appreciate it. Sure. That'd be awesome. So – All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to our show here, and we're going to go ahead and sign off with the Golden Girls theme song, Thank You for Being a Friend. Thank you for being a friend.